Welcome, everybody. This is, of course, the U.S. Great Sports Podcast. You know that. You've just clicked on it. Good to have you here. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, Father Richard Heilman, from the chillier climate of Wisconsin, as opposed to me here in Texas. It is still chilly, too. Uh, yeah, touch. Yeah, not bad, though. But uh, anyway, great to have you here. we got a great guest tonight, Scott Gold. We're going to talk about Catholic resiliency and that it's time or past time for some muscular Catholicism and what That's that really right. means in our world today. But of course, everything begins with a muscular prayer. <laughs> and we turn that over to Father Heilman. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Thank you very much, Father. And as always, thank you to all you out there who support the U.S. Grace Force podcast and everything that we're trying to do here. You know, things are getting crazier in the world. Our president is saying stranger things than ever before, it seems like. It seems like there's a rush and a push to enter into the World War III. We know there are so many corrupt facets going on in our world right now, all over the place. Uh, getting a message out like the U.S. Grace Force's message is important, and you help. You're a tremendous part of that. Your prayers, your support, your encouragement. Those who support us at the Patreon program, if you're interested, click the link in the description below. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your help uh, with the Patreon program. It's a powerful way of helping us stay on point, get this message out, and reach as many people as possible. Also, don't forget the U.S. Grace Force gear page for some really cool t-shirts. I'm wearing one right now. I kneel for God alone. We'll get a picture of that up here. Father has the get strong one on tonight. This is important stuff, everybody. We've got to push back against the tyrants that are trying to oppress us on every level. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. So thank you so much for everything that you do to help support us. You're in our prayers. Father, going to be a good yeah. show. Scott's a fired up uh, guest, but you've yes. got something to share with us to start with. Yeah, so I just, uh, we were talking before the show, and I, I just wanted to see if we wouldn't frame what we're about to talk about with this amazing 1964 speech by Ronald Reagan. Uh, he talks about appeasement, but, but the title is usually given uh, a time for choosing. So if you don't mind, if we could just uh, spend a couple of minutes here watching part of that speech, A Time for Choosing by Ronald Reagan. Now let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war, but there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace, and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this, but every lesson of history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement, and this is the specter our well-meaning liberal friends refuse to face, that their policy of accommodation is appeasement, and it gives no choice between peace and war, only between fight or surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we have to face the final demand, the ultimatum. And what then? When Nikita Khrushchev has told his people, he knows what our answer will be. He has told them that we're retreating under the pressure of the Cold War, and someday, when the time comes to deliver the final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary, because by that time, we will have been weakened from within spiritually, morally, and economically. He believes this because from our side he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price or better read than dead. Or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. 
And therein lies the road to war, because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. Winston Churchill said the destiny of man is not measured by material computations. When great forces are on the move in the world, we learn we're spirits, not animals. And he said there's something going on in time and space and beyond time and space, which, whether we like it or not, spells duty. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Yeah, you can see Ronald Reagan. I mean, he's one of my favorites, and and uh, he, he has a way of wording things. I know Jim Caviezel loves him too. He's been uh, citing his stuff a lot, um, but you know, it's it is a time for choosing right now, and so that's really what we wanted to get at it tonight's uh, <coughs> podcast. Is is uh, you know, it's a time to choose muscular Catholicism, and we're so excited to have Scott as our guest tonight. D Doug, do you want to? Uh, bring scott in right now yeah i know scott uh we bump into each other periodically around the country we've done some different events together he runs uh ministry catholic resiliency which uh you know scott you can tell us a bit about and how you got that started and i know i, I really always appreciated what you are focusing on just trying to help people a lot of what we do with the grace force and what we do with battle ready coalition help people be better prepared spiritually and physically for what's going on in the world. But, you know, give us just a, a quick overview of Catholic Resiliency and this upcoming conference, April 10th. Go ahead. Tell us about Catholic Resiliency and the conference in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Thank you, Doug and Father. It's an honor to be with both of you. You're definitely some of my heroes. Thank you so much. Catholic Resiliency, as Doug and Father both had mentioned, Catholic Resiliency, your home for muscular Catholicism. In a world that's struggling, Muscular Catholicism, heroic Catholicism is all that will endure. So it's exciting to be here. I'm blessed to travel extensively and reach folks all over the country. I tell people that Catholic Resiliency has a four-pronged approach, current sacraments, moral formation, skills training, and solidarity among Catholics. So talks, conferences, seminars, preparedness. I'm a firearms instructor. I tell people that um, to be Catholic and to be meek is important. Catholics and Christians do not have to be weak. Very important distinction there. I use this line of muscular Catholicism, building a culture of life. These things are very relevant, very important in, in the time we're living in. Our conference coming up, April 10th, Reclaim Faith and Freedom Nationwide Series. This particular installment is in Chippewa Falls near Eau Claire, Wisconsin. We're blessed with, at this time, 12 speakers and counting, five priests, Father Heilman, Father Altman, Father Jeffrey Fashing, 
Father Peter Williams is coming over from Vermont, recently canceled. Father John Lovell, head of the Coalition for Canceled Priests, Mr. Doug Berry. So we are honored with a number of Catholic and some Christian patriot speakers that are going to address many issues going on in the culture. We want to pack the house. We'd like to have 500 people. Um, and we're really reaching out there to get some attendance and to get some donors, some benefactors, so kind of a twofold mission regarding this. We really want to shine light on a lot that's going on. Yeah, let me just jump in on that. I mean, Scott, we, we need to pack events like this. Uh, these sorts of things are so critically important, and they're happening in different uh, different ways around the country. They're happening on people's land, on ranches, and backwoods, and the trees. It's just it almost has a a unique feel to it. But these are people coming. Uh, I know we've, we've done a couple of these together, and and people coming from all over the country for some of these types of events. And it really is incredible to see the hunger that people have for this to really step up and, and respond to this muscular Catholicism idea. Um, if you could, uh, real quick, though, before we get any further on this, uh, we've got on the screen here where they can go, but for the audio version of our podcast, where should people go for more information and to register for this event and to know about other things you've got going on? Absolutely. So catholicresiliency.com. That's catholicresiliency.com. We've got a link there to sign up for this event. We've got some information about other upcoming events, be that an experiential retreat or a conference uh, that's similar to this one. So catholicresiliency.com, there's a phone number. You can sign up on the website. So Scott, um, you know, we, we started out with that short little video from Ronald Reagan. Mm -hmm. And I know too, Jim Caviezel, like I said, has been using... Um, quotes from that particular video and, and other things of Ronald Reagan. Um, I also know that Jim Caviezel has kind of reached out to, well, not kind of, he has reached out to Father Altman. He's actually had him at his house. They're like texting buddies. But he appreciates guys like that who are making a choice. And the choice is not one of surrender, but one uh, or appeasement or accommodation uh, but one of boldly and and sometimes you know Father Altman is is fiery in his speech, and I appreciate that because he's uh, mm -hmm. uh, letting us know how serious this is. It's it's super serious, and what is the it I'm talking about is I'll say the last two years for sure, but I always go back to 2015 with. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the Supreme Court decision to say marriage can mean anything you want. And, and everybody listening, you understand, we, we didn't know what trans, you know, this or that was like maybe as early as two or three years ago. So all this stuff is just rushing in. This stuff that, that, that I always say uh, is um, abomination unto God. It directly goes against what, what, what God wants for us. And there is silence. There's and, and, and appeasement and accommodation. There's literally surrender from the spiritual leaders of our times. And, and, and when people see silence, they take that as, oh, okay. Well, if they're not <laughs> upset and they're not, you know, blowing a trumpet right now and, and trying to warn us, then it must be okay. Then, then you know, what, what, what the um, radical secularists are trying to, 
to uh, indoctrinate us into believing is must be okay is, as long as the spiritual leaders aren't saying anything about it. And so I don't know. I'm I'm at the point right now, and I've been saying this probably the last couple of podcasts too, but I, I'm heading toward a breaking point with this. How much longer can we sit idly by and say and do nothing? And in the meantime, anybody that does say or do something gets canceled. Hmm. Uh, you just mentioned the what was he from New Jersey or whatever the priest that's going to be speaking there? Recently. Father Peter Williams and Father yeah. Peter Williams. Praise God, we'll celebrate 35 years of holy priesthood in May. And I know, Father, you will have a big anniversary next year. Yeah. Father Fasting, celebrate 25 years of priesthood. You and other holy priests that have laid down your lives, brought Christ to life for us and laid down your lives and your holy priesthood, your ministry to the world, must not be silenced on our watch. You mentioned it recently, the high crime of truth and reverence, and you encapsulate right. it so well. And I'm hearing these things and I'm thinking, not on our watch, right? not on my watch. And us laity have such a critical role. And I appeal to the men out there. We're, we're men for Christ called to lay down our lives, to sacrifice our lives as Christ did for his bride, the church. And we are in one of those times more than any other time in our lifetime. So get in there, get a spot on the wall. Venerable Fulton Sheen said the laity would reclaim the church. It's our time. The military talks about never give in when we have the means, never surrender when we have the means to fight. We have the means to continue to battle the yep. godly universe invested this much in us. How much are we investing in him? Are we willing to defend Holy Mother Church? I've, I've talked to several people recently and said, this is my church, too. This is our home, our family. She's under grave attack, grave attack. And, and so many people are caught up in, oh, the Church of Nice or Country Club Catholicism. And meanwhile, we're being torn apart. Catholic brothers and sisters in Christ, I appeal to you. Stand and defend our home, our church. Amen. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would throw in there, too, shopping and golfing. They just want to go shopping and golfing. This is father's expression. <laughs> he likes to say, don't bother me with telling me that I've got to, you know, engage in something here. I, I it's going to interfere with my shopping or interfere with my golfing right. outing here. So yeah, but it is a problem. It's a big problem. Scott, what do you, what do you, what are you seeing when you, when you're out and you're, you're doing the training with people? Cause you do, you do some, some firearms training. And I want to make that very clear to people just real, real briefly here. Paragraph 22, 63, 64, and 65 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Please read it if you have any problem with the idea of learning self-defense, even taking up arms against an aggressor, even lethal action. It is clearly taught in the church to, so that we understand what's going on with it and don't just kind of throw out an opinion. Um, look it up and realize 22, 63, 64, 65 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, not only the right, but at times the quote-unquote grave duty to defend and protect all in a way that is in accordance with God's teaching and what is moral. But even St. John Paul II wrote in the Gospel of Life that even taking up arms against an aggressor, and he's quoting paragraph 2265, um, is morally justified at times. So look up what the church teaches on this. So Scott, you do training, 
And I appreciate that because I do it as well. And, and I know you go around the country and you put on these classes and these sessions, these training sessions, you know, which is, I know one of the reasons you and I are on the same page regarding the need to be prepared and be trained because you don't want to just say to somebody, Hey, I got a concealed permit. I've had one class in my life. That doesn't do very well in a cr critical or cr crucial situation. Spiritually speaking, it doesn't do enough to say, well, I've been confirmed. Therefore, I understand my Catholic faith now. There has to be ongoing deepening of prayer and learning and so forth. But what do you see when you are doing these sessions with people to help them through training, whether it's firearms training or some of these, these events you've put on? I talk to people about uh, coming to a point of being an operator, not just a shooter. And this, this has a lot of parallels in the spiritual life. And I work hard with God's grace. Sometimes we're more effective in reaching or resonating with certain folks at our trainings, say, implement the faith tools, implement the, the physical tools, prepare your arcs spiritually, physically. But at some of the experiential events that I do, the trainings, some of them are labeled as holy warrior weekends. We're to be warriors for Christ. Mm. Christ is a warrior for us, lay down his life in a humble way, in a courageous way, in a loving way, a bold way. A soldier might work for a paycheck or for the government. Those of us that are warriors for Christ, we serve because we love. And I see that from our good priests. I see that from men like you, Doug. Said, do we love enough to defend our home, our family, our families under attack? So at some of the weekends, at some of the events, we, we try to make them dynamic, reach people where they're at, work to be God-honoring in our conduct. I mentioned to folks, and some guys out there might laugh, I said, if you come to one of my trainings and we're doing some gritty activities, put on some camouflage face paint, crawling around like Navy SEALs, and then we might put on a sport coat and a tie. We, we will put on a sport coat and or tie, celebrate the holy sacrifice of the mass. We're not barbarians. We're warriors for Christ. He made us to be this way. He made us to be ready to lay down our lives. When the trainings are going on and trying to make these parallels from the physical to the spiritual life, talk about being prepared. I mentioned to people it's confidence disguised as combatives. It's confidence disguised as firearms. It's confidence to handle a spiritual life well. It's confidence to be a good father, good husband, good provider. In the case of our shepherds, to be good in those areas that God has destined you to be because we all have to have training, right? big component in our world today that's missing in my mind's eye so i'm blessed to do those as well as continue to increase the catholic family all around the country and it's it's a true honor to serve i'm grateful to serve and almost 20 years in some capacity about three years full-time i'm out of place where we want to take this to another level we want to uh fund the ministry a little bit better so again this is one of those ways to get the word out to people but it has to be so much of a a commitment, especially from the men, to come and get some training, to get some brotherhood, to get some solidarity with other Catholics, sharpen our swords, fill our lamps with oil while the sun's still shining. Do, do you do, do, do does the, the gun training also for ladies as well? Absolutely. A, a little bit humbling, tough on my ego sometimes to say this and let the ladies are better marksmen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not trying to prove something to someone, maybe don't have the machismo attitude, but uh, it's been awesome to train with families. It's been wonderful to train with ladies at some of the events. It's been good to train with my brothers in Christ. Uh, but, you know, anyone that's interested, hey, I'd love to talk with you. And we're anywhere throughout the United States. Um, but, yeah, all audiences. Hmm. Scott, you, you talked about the, 
four components was it of uh muscular catholicism remind me what the fourth one because it was worded the best something about union with each other catholic resiliency your home for muscular catholicism the catholic resiliency that's four tenets prayer and sacrament moral formation skills training and solidarity solidarity okay sure i want to just go to solidarity real quick because that's the one that I'm most concerned about. Um, that let's 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 look at the canceled priests for one. Um, I I not I, I wish I could do more, but I've tried what, whatever I can. You know, it says in sacred scripture, "Do unto others as you would want them to do to you." And so, uh, you know, if I was canceled like that, I'd want people to rally around me and have my back. And so, I, I I'm very. Um, happy that you're that you're having these priests uh to speak at your place and i'm trying whatever i can i told father altman when we had him on recently i said brother i got your back and i will take a bullet for you but but i personally have witnessed it too this lack of solidarity and that's what makes it tough you know we can run up on the battlefield and uh you know in in the line of fire because, you know, we want to reclaim that surrendered ground and we don't want evil to take over. We can do that. But when you run up by yourself and everybody else is back in the foxhole, I mean, that's just that, that's just being an idiot for doing that. Hmm. It's, and this is the part I think we need to work on more. And I, I, I'll call to the bishops right now. You know, um, you bishops need to... Speak the truth more clearly and with more fervency to, you know, raise it to the level of this is very serious, okay? No pamphlets, okay? We want to hear it from your heart. And and maybe even we, we need some righteous anger against what evil is doing to your flock, okay? There's that. And when your priests decide to do the same for their flock, for their family, you know, Father Altman always starts out, dear family. Because we are a family. And if you see a family member in the line of fire or, or is being abused or be, whatever, um, you go to their aid immediately. All right? So are we family or not? And again, I'm going to point to the bishops, but, but it applies to all of us. Are we family or aren't we? Because if we're just fellow employees and punching a clock and taking a check, you know, then you'll let, you know, your other employee fall, you know, or a lot of people would. Mm-hmm. But if it's a family member, you know, it, it, they're getting devoured. I, I was talking with someone the other day and um, they were saying this person's divorced and that person's, or this one's on their fourth marriage. I mean, marriage, you know, where, where is that gone? And, and um, so many stories of, of, of uh, unfortunate upbringings, all this stuff. And we're getting pamphlets. It's like checking a box. That's all we're getting is pamphlets as these new norms are being shoved in our face. And if you dare speak out against it, and I was, you know, in the recent year, I, w- I was attacked by the local secular media here and uh, crickets, not, no backing, no nothing. And I, I got to tell you, I am reaching a breaking point. Because I will fight the good fight, but I will not run up on the battlefield alone and get shot down. 
and we we better get our act together here and start backing up people. It's just, I mean, even like what just popped in my head, false accusations, you know, all that stuff. Right, rectify the record right away then, right? It's just, it, it, we're at it. We're really in a tough time. So yes, 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 to um, have being in solidarity as a family with each other. Um, Scott, so in particular, when, you, when you're talking about solidarity with Catholic resiliency, um, help us to understand what, what, what are some of the things that, that you're doing in that area? Thank you so much, Father. Um, your strength and your witness empowers all of us out here. And I just, I want to take a moment to, 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 to thank you and affirm all that you're saying. So the solidarity, uh, it, it takes all of us um, and us lady need to call out as well as you are. You say the bishops have let us down at this point in a big way. The bishops are not, as you alluded to, not witnessing their love to us. You're a priest for Jesus Christ. They're bishops for Jesus Christ. They've got to love us enough, and we've got to hold them accountable and be connected and, and strengthening each other. That iron sharpens can, can, iron. Can I interrupt real quick? And I'll let you go. But the scripture sure. passage just popped in my mind is when Jesus said, who wouldn't leave the 99 to go after the one? Mm. In other words, the one isn't just a write-off. And I feel like a write-off right now. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that oh, that's unfortunate. And, uh, you know, well, at least we got, you know, 67 other priests. I just... We feel like a write-off if we dare speak up, um, and then you know we're we're actually um, admonished for trying to to hang on to what God wants rather than what the culture is normalizing. Do you see? What I'm saying what a lot of people look at that scripture passage. Who wouldn't leave the 99 to find the one? Well, nobody would because you know I mean you just write off the one. Uh, it, but you, Jesus was trying to emphasize that no, 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 all 100 are family. So if you got one in danger, baby, you go, you go. That's not happening in our church right now. And I, I am tired of it. I'm sick of it. So sorry, Scott. I just wanted to get the 99 and the one in there. Can, can you go on? I'm sorry. Well, absolutely. Father, you are our air support. And us lady that are the boots on the ground, we've got your back. And I want to be sure to speak that, to live it, to witness it. When we're doing these conferences and we are moving and building momentum, taking up space and speaking out, and we are going to call out error from our bishops, from our quote-unquote shepherds that are not being shepherds. And this is, this is not a, an underground or a clandestine effort. This is an effort to derail heresy. This is an effort to fight for the truth. This is an effort to realize future generations are counting on what we do right now. And, and, and to some of your points, Father, I would say if we're not finding, you know, it, it's mentioned, and I hear people talk about you're going to seek what you're going to find what you seek. If we're not finding, then we build it. We build those virtues into others. We help instill those into others by calling on God's grace bringing people together, the sacraments at the center. I've talked to a few priests throughout the country that will mention the idea of, of as I just mentioned, about being the air support. I love these type of analogies, and we've, we've forgotten our story as Catholics, but maybe worse than that, it's okay, the, the church triumphant that's made it, the church militant that's us, 
and the church suffering. We are the church militant. And it's so important in these times of crisis and when we're at war for souls and in the culture that we stir other men and women, everyone, to, to embrace this and be warriors for Christ and come together, have your back, strengthen you, strengthen each other, and go after that one. And, and I agree with you. At times when I'm driving, visiting someone, getting some preliminary things set for an event, and it's several states away, what am I doing? This doesn't make logical sense. And yet we have to trust God enough to keep going even when it's difficult. And, and, and so often I think, oh, wow, I want to complain my state in life or the challenges, the persecutions. And I'm thinking, wow, such a tiny offering compared to Christ's offering, such a tiny offering compared to those of you good priests who are laying your life down for us. We've got your back, Father, and we're yeah, in this fight. I want to encourage people again, catholicresiliency.com is the website again, correct, Scott? Correct. Catholicresiliency.com, and the Faith Freedom America is the title of this conference again, is that correct? Reclaim Faith and Freedom. Faith, re reclaim Faith and Freedom, forgive me. Oh, that's right. I'm looking at the old flyer from Faith Freedom America that we did back in October. Uh, Father Altman, and uh, I know Michael Voris is there, Jesse Romero, Raymond D'Souza, and myself were there. Um, I thought that was a fantastic conference back in uh, the trees on someone's farmland or ranch. Yeah. Uh, there it is. There's the old flyer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's fantastic to see people again coming from all over the country for this. It's another, you know, Father, you and I have been seeing this and we've been saying this for quite a while. There is a tremendous hunger for this. Uh, we know the bishops need to be stepping up more. We need more priests to step up. We need more lay people to step up. And I want to put this pressure on husbands and fathers out there. We need to be praying the prayers in the home. We need to be laying down the perimeter in the home. The perimeter prayer, in fact, is a good prayer. It's Father Ripperger's prayer from his book, um, uh, Delivers Prayers for the Laity. The rosary, of course, is a powerful way to fight this battle for your home. Uh, make sure that you are binding over those demons that you have authority over the souls of, such as your wife or young children, if they're still living in the home, and so forth. You know, these are things that have to be engaged in, and we men need to understand. The muscular Catholicism that we're talking about has a physical component, yes, where we need to be in better shape, need to be ready to go, of course, need to be engaging, whether it's pro-life marches or, or just on our knees in adoration. There's a physical component to engaging in things, but there's also a physical component in the area of being in shape and being ready to fight if we need to. And I'm not trying to sound warmonger here at all, but self-defense and also the way the world is going right now, I don't think you can take anything off the table. We hope and pray for peace. We mm -hmm. hope and pray and encourage peace always. But we also need to realize that in the history of our world, when evil men cooperate with something Luciferian or satanic, bad things can happen. And it takes good men and women to step up and be ready even physically to protect and defend. Now, that being said, we men, husbands, fathers, look, it's incumbent upon us to do this. Scott, I know you do the training and you work with the people. The, the husbands and fathers that you work with, the men, and the women too. Now, there are people out there that they've picked up the idea of actually taking it seriously for the first time, actually being in better shape, training a little bit, not just spiritually. That's the root of it all. Everything is the spiritual component first and foremost. You know, we battle principalities of darkness, as St. Paul says, but there is that physical side that is a reality, as we see right now in Ukraine, 
as we see on a subway where someone is being sexually assaulted in broad daylight with seven, seven eight, nine, ten people, you know, filming it even. Yeah. This kind of stuff has happened on buses and trains and subways, on city streets, you know, people just getting beat up for no reason. These types of things are happening. Too many people turn a blind eye to this. Spiritually, we turn a blind eye. But when you engage with people, I'm curious if you could tell us, what is the reaction for people who, for the first time, that light bulb goes on? Wait a minute. Wow, this is real. And I actually can step up and be better prepared. I can be more resilient. And I know, Father, you looked up the word resilient earlier today. We were talking about the show today. Yeah. And it said it, it basically means toughness. Toughness. To get strong, to get tough. Scott, what's it like when the light bulb comes on for people, men and women alike, when they first start training, physical and spiritual, and they realize, hey, this, this is for me. I need to be part of this. Certainly one of those elements that happens that motivates me in the tough times is thinking back and looking to kind of the mountaintop experiences of an enlightenment, uh, an epiphany with a, a young teenage man, for instance, or young lady that might come and, and handle something sort of dangerous or uh, overcome a challenge that she's not, he or she is not typically uh, undergone and, the, and they're victorious. And there's a lot of parallels to the, the faith life. We do a number of things at my trainings when we have a warrior weekend. Again, just one of the components of what we do, we do a rope climb. I was like 90 feet at a steep upward angle, and it really challenges the, the resolve, the body, the, the, the mental toughness. And, and then we do some other different things as well that are very challenging. And so it parallels the realities in our world. One of our trainings is called harsh environment training. Wow. Are we... Are we not living in a harsh environment as a Catholic, as a Christian in 2022, wherever you look in the world, in the United States, we got to be in this harsh environment, not just surviving, but thriving. Christ is asking us, calling us to thrive. We must go out. We must set sail. Ships are not made for the harbor. We're meant to sail. And, and, I, and I think of these confidence moments that people gain you know at these types of events that are more than their normal day-to-day -day existence and we need to stretch ourselves be in those uncomfortable situations to, to continue to be more ready to help a family member a friend someone else that's not been given those opportunities say we've got to be christ-like and be the light and part of that is courage and strength yeah. um in, yeah. in christ there you know perfect love dispels all fear i think we got to remember these things and uh I'd like to appeal to our bishops and, and some who have lost their way and are in error and contradiction of the teachings of our church. Uh, if you're in error, you know, you, you've got to write yourself. You've got to publicly repent. There's got to be a sort of turning around of the ship, you know, and, and we've got to be about this work now. How, how much more are we going to let ourselves lose before yeah, we get you know, serious? On that point, I'll just say this real quick. I know, Father, you want to get into this too, but I, I know a father who who came to his family one day and he said, hey, I, I kids, I forget, they were teenage, middle school to teenage years. And and he said, I want to apologize to my family. We go to church on Sunday and, and we say our prayers, but I have not been adamant enough about the importance of praying the daily rosary. And we're going to be doing that from now on. And, and I, I, he said it gently. He said it wonderfully. He explained why there was no lording authority with a heavy hand. It was all very very peaceful and wonderful. And they began to pray the daily rosary as a family. And I don't know the, you know, the total outcome of it all that, uh, Hey, that rosary looks familiar. Is that one of those warrior rosary things? I have seen this. That, that looks, 
Look at that warrior rosary. Oh, I'm such oh, a combat a rosary. Look at that one. Combat. Yeah. <laughs> Have a little fun there, Father. <laughs> I like the warrior rosaries. They're, they're pretty nice, but yeah, but combat rosary is is based on the World War One rosary. Yeah, it's Anyways, got some I real digress. history to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but no. But my point right. is, my point is that this is a situation where even a husband and father, so any man or woman out there who might look, it, it, it's not a bad thing if it's done the right way to say to your family, you know what. We haven't been doing everything we could. Let's step it up. You know, and for husbands and wives, you know, mothers, fathers, you know, to say, this is our role as the parent. And, you know, the Ezra Konegdo piece, I want to throw that in there again. The Greek for, for Eve is Ezra Konegdo, battle partner is what it means. You know, husbands and wives, we are made to have a battle partner. And I know a lot of marriages are split. They're broken. They don't embrace the idea that both need to be involved in this battle. Uh, but there does need to be sometimes just that hard look in the mirror that says, okay, I, I've got to roll up the sleeves. You know, Father, I think more of us lay people need to get to where you just said you were. You, you're reaching that breaking point of, you know what, the, the pushback. I, it. I mean, we're hearing things in the news like this new billionaire tax that they want to push yeah. through. Okay, where they're just going to start to roll that down the line to the average person if they get through this, where all of us are going to have to just flat tax of 20% on top of everything else, yep. you know, it's a socialist idea. We've got the gender issues that have been just thrown at us left and right. Yep. The cancel culture on every level. Inflation. Inflation. Yeah, it's everywhere. No, they this... want to spend $6 trillion more. To... They're trying yeah. To, they're, yeah, they're, try they're trying to get us dependent. That's what right. it is. Right. We have tyrants just that want to break be in us charge. Down. Yep, and and they want us to be dependent. And but somebody threw out too. It was like, what is three hundred dollars a month for gas? That we're just going to give everybody. Uh, yeah, yeah. Her California is going to give. And, and then you vote in the people that have all the goodies. It's just, um, and yeah. that's why you know what you're doing with Catholic resiliency is so is so important, because as I'm listening to you, I'm I'm seeing that what you're doing is you are uh, asking souls to strive. To, to get, because we want to just sit and be comfortable. And and we want to go, like you said, Doug, shopping and golfing. We just want our routines. We just, we just, you know, so don't break any of that. Mm. There are, that becomes our idol then, uh, that, because it has the highest priority in our lives. That's what, right. how you define an idol. And, and, and what you're doing is what you're getting, you know, this morning I was, I was lifting weights with my buddy and I've talked about this before, but you're pressing against that weight. And, uh, you know, I couldn't, uh, that fifth rep, we were doing five of a lot of weight. And that fifth rep, I said, uh, don't help me. Don't help me. I want to get it up by myself. But, <laughs> but then my, my, my muscles were getting stronger with, with each time I'm doing it. Um, and, and that's what we're talking about. Toughness, right? The resilience. Amen. Toughness. Yeah. We got to get tough because if, if we don't, then we're just uh, slaves to our comforts, mm -hmm. our routine, our <laughs> way of doing everything. And so then God can't use us because we're stuck in, in that routine. We're stuck in that comfort. And, and, and don't dare ask me to do anything. That's why I keep saying, too, we keep God at arm's length so we can manage him. And that's why. Because I, I, but, and so I call it, you're building your mortification muscle is what you're doing. Mortification means die to yourself, death, morte. But you're building that mortification muscle. Every time you fast, 
every time you abstain on Fridays, every time you, you go to the gym, whatever you're doing that, that is pushing you to not be a slave to your comfort is building up such toughness and strength. So now God can use you because of a bark of a command. Boom, you're out. That's the, the word meek. You know, Jesus said, learn from me for I'm meek and humble of heart. Meek means it's, it's that, that stallion that, that became wild and they trained him to stop at the tap of a rider's heel. Um, we, we can do that if our mortification muscle gets strong. And so we need to push ourselves. We need to push us. We need to strain. We need to get that weight up. We got to push against that desire to, to just be comfortable, just go shopping and golfing. And, and that's why what you're doing uh, is, is so important. Um, so, um, so what do you think about what I was saying there? Is it, it, it you, you, you actually build people up, you know, I was listening to you talk about climbing the rope. Mm -hmm. well, what's that going to do for me? Well, it's going to challenge you. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's going to challenge you. you may not ever have to climb a rope in the future. Uh, but, but just challenging yourself to, to, to get to the top and ring the bell or whatever you do. Uh, it, it, there's something to that. When I got that fifth one up this morning, you know, uh, uh, I said, don't help, don't help. I want to do it myself. And I did, I got it up and it's just nice. such a great feeling. And, and I'm getting stronger because of that. We got to get tough. Don't we? I would, I would have liked to have seen that father when you were bench pressing like 500 pounds or maybe. <laughs> we're going to we'll start calling you believe it was 500, but we're going go to start calling you father guns because of the <laughs> That's arms. That's right. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> we're not made for comfort we're made for greatness right greatness that's in right. christ and, and and every catholic throughout history that sacrificed all, all the heroic saints they lived with greatness because they sacrificed they knew their story they knew what was at stake we're in for all the marvels folks all the marvels at this point if we're not willing to be un uncomfortable heroic catholicism is all that will endure and i love that you're bringing up those elements father uh you know, we're, we're, we're made to go out. We're made to be strengthened. Superior firepower, that achieves peace. Right. You talk about that in your book. I've heard some great priests, the priests in the fraternity of St. Peter. There was a story about a priest being at the, the training range, and a mason came up and said, well, Father, I thought you were a man of peace. And there were a couple other young gentlemen there, and there were some servers. And I heard this from two or three individuals, and they said, Father, so calmly just looked at the gentleman. He's a former military before he became a holy priest for Christ. He said, peace achieved through superior firepower. Nice. <laughs> God wants us to have superior firepower. Nice. That's it. And we're called to go out there confidently for Christ and win souls. And I'm appealing to all of you out there that are listening. Be confident with us. Join the ranks. The hour is now. The hour is late. There's an urgency in, in this ministry, in the church, to get our priests back and strengthen each other. We're being put in the fire. It's a dark night. We must live through the night. And when we're put in that fire, I love, I love the scripture verse, the evil King Nebuchadnezzar, not because of the evils of the story, because of victory and the glory to Christ, that they put him in that fire and they're running around in the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they're unharmed. God's going to let us go in the fire. Yep. Diamonds, diamonds are brought forth from pressure and That's fire, right. from the lumps of coal. I know I'm a lump of coal sometimes, but I want to be that diamond for Christ. Takes a little fire, a little heat, a little pressure. Can't be afraid of that. You know, Shadrach real quick, real, real quick, I want to just jump in because 
when I talked about Jesus saying, learn from me for I'm meek and humble heart, that the, the whole story there is he said, come to me, all you who are weary and find life burdensome, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. Wait a minute, Jesus. You want us to carry a cross. You want us to go outside of our comfort zone. You want us to, that doesn't sound easy at all. Well, it isn't easy for someone who is so addicted to comfort mm. and so addicted to their one routine, okay? Uh, but if a person is just so in love with God and so awestruck and so dedicated, and now I'm thinking about the military because the military, they make what they do look easy because the, what are they doing? Of course I do it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right? Of course I do it. And it's it, it's not a burden for them. They just they just do it. They just go for it. I'm going in. They say, um, and and that's the place that we need to get. And you can't do that unless you press against your desire to want to just go shopping and golfing. To want to be addicted to your routine, your idol. Okay, that is your comfort zone. And so uh, I love 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 what you're doing, Catholic resiliency bring the toughness out doug too you a battle ready coalition is all about that and you've yeah. done a lot for me too doug i talked about this in a previous podcast mm -hmm. but um i've I, i've lost 40 pounds since Ooh. since january 1st i am lifting weights like i said we got derailed i used to lift weights with this guy before covid and then they wanted us to do masks and all this others we got derailed for two years we're back at it. I'm fasting, intermittent fasting. I'm doing keto. And I am just, I, I, but you guys and your fire and your dedication to get us out of our comfort zone and to start striving to be the best we could be. Uh, it was uh, Vince Lombardi who said, nobody's perfect, but if you chase perfection, you'll catch excellence. Okay. That's what this is all about. Mm -hmm. And we got to get muscular Catholicism going. Okay. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the appeasement, of the accommodation, of the surrender, primarily of our, our spiritual leaders. They, we have to follow their lead. We have to take cues from them, okay? If, if this business where I keep hearing over and over, no, no, it's got to come from the lady. Ultimately, yes, mm -hmm. but the lady takes her cues. So if they're saying, yeah, yeah, a grown man can follow a little girl into the bathroom and you hear nothing from the bishops or you get a pamphlet, All for right. God's sake, all right, and, and then every, all your Catholics are going, oh, this is the new normal, I guess, because look, they're saying nothing, okay? I'm tired of it, okay? Yeah. We the, got the, the wimpy, wimpy Catholicism going on, and we need muscular Catholicism. Yeah, there, I'm and, done. Amen. The, well, <laughs> well the, silence, the silence implies that they condone it. You know, by remaining yes. silent and not speaking out at these things, it just kind of gives yeah, the that silence impression. condones it. It silences condoning it right yeah. there. You know, there's a story of a father and a and a young teenage daughter. She's 13 or 14, and they're they're sitting in the living room and they're watching a TV show. And at one point, a scene comes on that is has some immodesty to it to some degree, and then it passes, and neither of them say anything. A little while later, the father, to his credit, at least later, said, you know, hey, honey, what did you think about that scene earlier in the TV show, that immodest scene? And she said, well, I didn't like it. It was kind of uncomfortable. It was very awkward. And he said, well, why didn't you, you know, change the channel or, or, or do something about it? And she looked at him and said, I was waiting for you to do that. 
Right. Okay. I mean, those in charge have got to step up and 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 really do something about this. They're called leaders for a reason. They lead. Yes. Yes. Should. And Father, everything you've been talking about and and what you've been addressing too, Scott, is really the idea of resistance training. And with resistance training, physically and spiritually, we grow. There's no question about that. That's what the weightlifting does. That's there's resistance in even in even intermittent fasting. It's a resistance tra- type of training. You know, the, the rope climbing that you're talking about, Scott, or the other things, this is a form of resistance training. This is something also when we hear people say, and Father, you've been addressing this very clearly here, is the burden is light and so forth. If we're in shape spiritually, then those spiritual attacks and the heaviness of those attacks are easier to endure because being in spiritual shape means that we have had the resistance training. We're uniting with Christ. His strength is now inside. It's flowing through our veins, through our minds, through our lives. Literally, figuratively, it's there. But that only comes with a type of spiritual training. Physical, it's the same way. The reason these military guys make things look so easy is because of the training that goes with it. I heard a Navy SEAL commander say one time, by the end of BUDS, which is nine weeks, my understanding, it's the, the, it's the first phase of, of SEAL training is BUDS, basic underwater demolition school. And, you know, just I've talked to several SEALs over the years and, and you know, they'll mention this sort of thing as well. But this one, this one commander said, we've got these men by the end of those nine weeks in such a point where if we ask them to do, for example, push-ups or shoulder press or some sort of physical activity, they will do it until either number one, we tell them to stop because they're that well-trained to follow orders or number two, until their body physically cannot perform the movement anymore. Their mind is in a position where they just go until, and this until either they just physically are done or until their, their commander tells them to stop the type of training that gets someone to that point uh, whether it's a firefighter who's able to haul, you know, 75 pounds of equipment, air tanks, you name it, hoses up a ladder, three stories to engage in a fire and then carry people down the ladder and do this repeatedly. That happens when they train for it. I cannot emphasize this enough. And Scott, I, you know, once you get in here on, on, on this, the importance of the training, you train regularly. When you and I have our conversations, I know we talk a lot about that about having even your items near you, whether you're training with firearms or training with with a a tactical flashlight, which I have in my pocket. I have it on me all the time. Um, I know we talked earlier today. There you go. Um, We talked about having even a flashlight to access to light, but then there's one part that a lot of people don't think about, and I call it the easily accessible item, EAI, which is if something isn't easily accessible, you don't have access to it. You can't use it. So spiritually speaking, my holy water, I have blessed salt right here. Boom. Father Heilman, you blessed out in um, D.C. and I brought home with me. I got a lot of it from from you. I've got the rosary right here. I've got my, my holy water in my bag behind me. These things are easily accessible. I can engage with them right away. That takes training, though. Right to get ourselves in that position. And Father, you had a post on Facebook recently. I loved it. It was, a, it, explain this if you could, please. And then Scott, I want you to get in on the easily accessible item idea and the training, having near, things near you. But Father, you had the picture behind your rectory and you had a box of scapulars and, and so it, it was like drive-through sacramental time. And it you're was. making these items easily accessible for people. Talk about right. that. 
Well, it was during that time where we were all locked down and everybody was in shock because of that. Yeah. And of course, we couldn't come and receive Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. I remember a time where it was just me and the server that was that was all that was allowed. I think there yeah. might have been a time too where the server wasn't even allowed anyway. But we remember that. I mean, we were just and, and so there was a sense of loss and the sense of the loss of the supernatural in our lives. And so I, I just conceived that my um, my back screen porch has the driveway like t 20 feet from it. And so literally they could they could pull up on, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a driveway that goes, wraps around my rectory and into the parking lot and goes out. But anyways, they could literally drive up, just get out of their car, walk 20 steps and grab whatever sacramental they wanted. Green scapulars, brown scapulars, uh, exercise and blessed salt, uh, epiphany holy water, uh, anything I could find I was putting out there uh, so that people had, they, they, were, they were just so empty without that, that sense of the supernatural with them mm. at that time. So that, I don't know when that was, like April or May of uh, mm. 2020, whatever that was. No, I just thought it was drive through Sacramental as well. Yeah, you, you were making it accessible for people, right? And and also, but Father, you also and, and they took me up on it too. I it was like a <laughs> it was like McDonald's at noon, you know. <laughs> well, and you're really good at providing the training that goes along with the sacramentals. People know they can get that information from you. Yep. And I want to, in any priest out there watching, please, please do things like this. Train them up provide the weaponry that is needed for the spiritual battles. But Scott, can you talk a little bit about the importance of, number one, one of my favorite quotes is, it takes time to train. We can't just sit on the backside thinking, oh, I can just do this like this and it's done. It takes time to train and that we need to be in a position where we realize that if something's not accessible, it really doesn't do us a lot of good if we need it. Fire extinguisher, firearm, flashlight, you name it, uh, trauma kit. If there's an accident of some sort, you know, a, you know, a, a tourniquet, whatever. Talk about those things and how important they are in the training aspect. So there's so much I feel like I could talk about in those areas, Doug. But um, we're a two thousand year old church, unchanged, unchangeable. If anyone should be taking the long view, should be looking at the process and the time, the reality that it is a. It doesn't happen overnight. The long view should be our view as Catholics and think, okay, we've got to train. We've got to be mentally, spiritually, physically ready for these battles that are so fierce at this point, spiritually, most most concerning is the spiritual elements. But the easily accessible items, I mean, first, of course, that's got to be our sacramentals. I talk to people about liquid armor. I travel to various parts of the country, and I have holy water from over 80 locations. I'm saying, put this liquid armor on, get the, the one-two punch, the communion, the confession, and get in there, in the battle. There's, there's too much at stake not to. So those are some of the easily accessible items that I've got in my vehicle. I've got maybe 15 bottles of holy water. You sprinkle it around places I go. These aren't just feel-good sort of things. These are realities that we need in our tool chest to get in there and be most effective, most efficacious, most encouraged and encourage others. Man who has confidence in himself gains confidence of others. That's just one of the byproducts of the training. It's I, I'm, I'm looking at some things I have close to me right now, easily accessible items. I have some figures that a good ministry partner, she's listening out there. She, she gave me some Templar Knights, some small ones. I am a Templar Knight. Praise God, I'm in a couple other different groups. 
The Templar Knights witnessed to us sacrifice, laying down their lives, vigilance. 20,000 Templar Knights gave their lives for Holy Mother Church. Their motto, their MO, their modus operandi, they were victorious or they didn't come home. Mm. And so they were monks of war. So single guys like myself can be a little bit more easily fitting into that mold. But the reality is none of us are exempt. All of us have a role to play. We're all universally called to be fighting for Christ, for souls, and be all in at this point. The easily accessible items. I, I love that, Doug. I think of EDC, everyday carry, mm -hmm. the rosary, holy water, scapular, blessed items, flashlight, the other force multipliers. <laughs> these are great. These are great concepts to have in our mind and, yeah. and improve our systems, mm -hmm. improving our systems, improving our repetitions, strengthening our different muscles, the fortification, the, the mortification muscle, Father. I love that. It's mm -hmm. so important. Yep. So important. It, muscular Catholicism. I mean, we've got to get there, and we, we, you know, we wish the the spiritual leaders would um, ignite a fire for this. But sh short of that, the laity does have to the, the, does have to rally, and and call for this more muscular, you know, a strength, right, a toughness. So then, that's where peace comes from, right? Because the devil doesn't want to touch strength, but the devil will just walk over weakness, just like nothing. And so we've, we've got to work on this. And I'm so grateful uh, that you're doing this. And um, Scott, and, and just please, please keep up the good work. And again, Doug, with your um, Battle Ready Coalition, uh, it's, it, that's the same thing. It's, it's, it's calling people to, like you said, strengthen that mortification muscle mm -hmm. and, be, and be ready to, on the bark of that command, to be able to move out when God wants you to do something. And, right. and I, I, I challenge people too, to think about when you're asked to, to do something, or maybe you're asked to volunteer in the parish, or maybe there's a move, movement going on in your area, or maybe the men are getting together one night and you'd rather stay home and watch TV. Or you, you, you come up with a, Oh gee, I had a hard day at work or whatever, whatever you're doing. Okay. I challenge you to look at that and say, you know, am I, am I idolizing my comfort? Okay, am I idolizing my routine? Okay, and I can't break out of that. Uh, and, and we've got, and, and that again, you're, you're anxious and upset about many things, right? Uh, he, uh, is, is what Jesus said to Martha during that time. But, um, but you know, she wasn't willing to walk over a few more steps and get as close as she could possibly get to our Lord. And that's really what we've been doing now what are we on? Day 27 of the 90 Days for Peace. Uh, and that's to get locked into the Lord, in love with Him, so that we can easily be moved. We can eat the bark of the command. I keep saying the bark of the command that we can move out at, at whatever God wants us to. Yeah. Right? Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I just, one little quick last plea here, and, and Scott, get your comment on this. First, I again, want to remind people it's April 10th is the event in Chippewa Falls. Father Heilman will be there. I'll be there. Um, and Father Altman, Father James Lovell, Father Fashing, you've got several other speakers coming there. I think you said you're up to 12 now. It's going to be quite a day and really want people to get out there. Go to catholicresiliency.com. Again, there it is on the screen and for the audio version of the podcast, catholicresiliency.com for more information and to sign up and to know about other events that will be coming up. 
because you're you're working on this all over the place. I know that, Scott, which is just so important to do. Um, but I want to make one last plea here for the people out there who are thinking, well, you know, I'm older. I've got some injuries. This is I'm I'm past the prime. I don't think I need to be doing these things, you know. And and I I gotta say this. I mean, I'm in my mid fifties now, and uh, and I know Scott, you're I think you're what like 27 or something now, aren't you? What do you yeah. know, Scott? No, you're in your forties, right? Is that correct? 41. 41. Okay. And so, you know, you and I still are both active. We're both training. We both do our own workouts. We're 16 years apart. I don't, I don't see myself at 57 any different than where you are at 41. I still need to be in shape. I need to be ready. There's a woman on the other end of this ring who's counting on me to be prepared to protect her and care for her and anybody else. And my friend, father, Richard Heilman, or my friend, Scott Goley. If either of these two friends of mine are ever in trouble and I'm near them, I find it my responsibility to be ready to step up and engage with them, have their back, protect, defend, whatever needs to be done. And so whether I've got a bad knee, and I do, or I've got a pain in my shoulder from an old construction accident back when I was 21 and working construction jobs, and I do, whatever it might be, I've got aches and pains. And yes, they're there. And I know they're there. I still train around them. I work with them because I still have a responsibility to be prepared spiritually and physically. And, you know, Father, talking about wounds and pain, I know, um, you know, Scott, before you comment on the importance of training, no matter what your age is, on some level to do something, because wherever you are, you 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 may be called to step up and do something, but Father, you know the spiritual wounds that people have and the emotional, psychological wounds they have cannot prevent them, should not be allowed to prevent them from taking the steps that they need to take right. to come closer to Christ and to still have a right mind, an ordered mind, an ordered heart and soul, and an ordered emotional you know, base, because right. there are people around them that count on them to be whole and healthy, and they need, we all need to cooperate in that process. Is that not accurate, Father? It is. Like, as we're talking right now, oh, this feels really good to stretch out my back, you know, because I'm pressing against the weight, and I, but I'm not sitting here complaining about mm. the aches that I have at 63 years old while I'm trying to lift weights. Uh, I go, nice. no, that's the best kind of pain there is. Yeah. You know what it means? My muscles are tearing down and building back up again. Yeah. And 63, that's, that's, not making excuses in there. Exactly. Way to go, Father. Exactly. And, and, uh, uh, little Tylenol and, and, uh, whatever. But what all I'm saying is, is that when we press through, there's going to be some aches and pains with that go with that. Okay. And, uh, but take them for what they're meant to be. And that is a sign of your growth. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're that you're building that mortification muscle. It's a little achy to do it. Okay. But, but you're on the other side of that, you're going to be ready to go at the bark of that command. And so, um, so I, I again, I can't thank you guys enough for, what you've dedicated your life to, and basically, you know, I'm using that term, but mm. you're basically helping all of us to build our mortification muscle yeah. so that we're more, um, we're more meek. We're more ready to, to do whatever God wants us to do at any time. Yeah. So thank you both for, for all that you're doing. Uh, you, Scott, you were going to say something about. Yeah. yeah. Comment on, on the idea of no matter what your age, your state of life about the importance of really doing something to train to be prepared but but don't i look 37 yeah <laughs> I, I want you on my team father i know Amen. you're strong you're, you're you're warrior for christ 
and you're a warrior in the flesh in, in all those different areas. No one gets a pass on this. That's mm -hmm. the reality. That's it. No matter the age, no matter the state in life, right. someone looks to each and every one of us as a source of strength or inspiration. Each and every one of us has someone that looks up to us in a sphere of influence. And we've got to remember that dark times are saint-making times. And this is a time that the saints are envious of. And I look at it when I'm waking up and I'm in the Lord and I'm in a state of grace and went to confession this morning. Praise God. When, when, when we're in a state of grace and we're serving the Lord, we're kind of waking up saying, oh, what are we going to do today, Lord? What are you going to do with me as your servant? How, do, how am I blessed to get to serve? It shouldn't be a, oh, Lord, what are we going to do today? You know, it's, it's <laughs> exuberance that the darker the times are, the brighter the light shines. Right. Father Doug, you're being that light. I hope sometimes I'm being that light. I'm trying. We all got to be that light. No one gets a pass. I think of a conference, a, a preparedness seminar I did in Chicago, and, and we made an effort to be dynamic and sort of inner city, you know, very different from where I grew up and my outdoor experiences, et cetera. But it was great, and it was interesting. 27, 28 people, majority were ladies. Again, another shout out to you men out there. We've got your number. We need you to be getting in the battle with us. All of you Catholic men, brothers and sisters, especially the men. That's right. That, that lady in your life, those children of yours, they're looking to you to be their hero. You're, you're their hero. You're the, you're the guardian. You're the protector. You're the watcher on the wall. Men, the families are counting on you. Future generations are counting on you. So my story, the conference in Chicago there were a number of ladies, and before they left, a couple of them, because we went through some force multipliers. We talked about preparedness, mind, body, soul. We did a number of things. And the ladies left, and they said, well, um, my state in life, I'm a mother. I'm a mom. I can't do these things. And I look them right in the eye and said, God, let it be your words. We said, you have children. Are you going to defend them? Oh, and, and that mama bear kicks right in and said, yeah. no one gets a pass. Right. <laughs> Right. I remember That's when good. I started the men's movement, the Knights of Divine Mercy, and it was the man leaving the home, you know, and and there was worry. I, I was, you know, the, no, no. What we heard from every man was the wife was literally pushing him out the door because he <laughs> wanted they he, they wanted a strong, tough, okay, uh, building up against his mortification muscle. They didn't want a soft, you know, yeah. addicted to comfortable. Uh, man, they wanted that that tough guy. So this is a great way for us to end here. Uh, Scott, thank you so much. Uh, Doug, uh, I want to thank you again, too, for Battle Ready Coalition. Please, everyone, uh, it's changing my life, and I'm, I'm going to be up with you guys in Chippewa Falls. I can't wait. So um, let's end with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. And may Almighty God bless you the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Thank Scott. you, Scott. Thanks for being with Thank us. You, Thank you, Father.